Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Heather Thompson, and as an avid adventurer, I need a reliable pair of sunglasses with me. A pair that gives me the clearest view possible so I can really take it all in. I've had a lot of shades in my life, and most of them have not lived up to my standards. That was until I found Revo. They have the best lenses on earth. I can always rely on my Revo sunglasses for high performance function and style, and I don't go anywhere without them. From climbing to the peak of Africa's Kilimanjaro, to cruising the Florida coast, to my weekly trips to the farmer's market, you better believe my Revos are with me. And a fun fact, their lens technology was developed by NASA. And now it's your chance to get a pair of Revos at my very special discount. Get 25% off your next favorite pair of shades by going to Revo.com, that's R-E-V-O.com, and use the code INMYHEART at checkout. Or just click on the link in the show description. Revo sunglasses sweeten any view. So get after it. Welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. I am so excited for my next guest. This is a guy who really knows how to give back, let me tell you. Prior to starting his own outdoor lifestyle brand, Parks Project, Keith was one of Tom's earliest employees. You know Tom's. That's right. He was initially stuck by discovering the overwhelming backlog of much-needed funding to complete projects in parks in this country, and he uncovered a need to educate the next generation of advocates. With that in mind and taking key learnings from his previous ventures, he started Parks Projects to show consumers that conservation can be cool and stylish. All of his products give back to specific conservation efforts focused on protecting our national parks. Working with over 40 conservancies throughout the U.S. and now Canada. Keith, I'm so excited to dig right in. Welcome. You're in my heart. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have you because, you know, this is really an issue that's bigger than all of us, right? But you're starting right here. And with you, you're hoping, I'm sure, for a ripple effect to save what's most important, and that is our parks and this planet, right? Just discuss a little bit about, you know, your background at Tom's and where your aha moment came from and how you were able to, you know, pull it, pull up those sleeves and really dig in on this on this opportunity that you saw and this project that you created and brand really that you created. Yeah, thanks. You know, I think um, 
two things clicked for me at Tom's. And one was uh, how you could build a business and give back and make some impact. It didn't have to be either or. You didn't have to build a business and then make a ton of money, then give a, a portion of it back. That, that could go hand in hand. And the other um, kind of opportunity that came around is that I got very entrepreneurial roles uh, within the organization. So I was able to to lead some initiatives, uh, own a PL, and kind of realize that, hey, uh, maybe I can do something like this, just that I am uh, had an idea, right? So um, over those years at Tom's, I uh, was, was fortunate enough to get connected with somebody who knew sort of the back end of the business, um, you know, my co-founder, Savag, and we just had a series of life experiences together um, that related to the outdoors, and it gave birth to the idea of Parks Project. I love that. Now, we're going to get into Parks Projects a lot, but I want to just talk a little bit about the outdoors. Now, some people don't like the They're like, I never go outdoors. I never go on a hike. I'm not that, you know, I'm not that girl or not that guy. But, and some of us can't live without it, like me and like you. I mean, it's literally the very core of my soul. Um, I call the mountains my church. And it's, it's so important to, to me as a human being, but can we talk about where you really felt a need? Because it was, it was bigger than you. Like I started, it was outside of you. How did it begin? Like, what was it that you saw in the outdoors? Like what happened? Was there a moment that you were like hiking in a park and there was like, you know, an old crashed up Coke can on the trail and you were like, what, what was it? No, exactly. There is, there was a pivotal moment. And for me, it was, um, being with my, uh, my newborn daughter uh, seven years ago um, in in Big Sur, and my wife and I went to go uh, hike a trail that had been something we've done over and over, and we went there, and there was caution tape around the entry to the trail. Uh, it was rutted out, it was overgrown, and you know I was actually had my daughter and a baby Bjorn on my chest, and it, and it hit me, and it's it had me thinking like, wow, how I, I received you know, parks in a certain state from, you know, the generation previous to me. And what are they going to look like when we pass them down? And, and something hit about, you know, um, we're just here for a moment in time, you know, and we should be stewards of these places. And if we can hand them down, maybe even a letter, a little bit better than we received them, that would be awesome. There, there's, there's something there. We're, you know, just, kind of handing down the, the greatest, uh, you know, idea of, of protected land um, and trying to leave it better than we found it. So, um, yeah, a lot of that hit, you know, a long time ago. And then that led to doing more uh, volunteer work. As I, as I learned, you know, a lot of these trails are maintained by volunteers. Um, you know, the, the main veins of parks and, you know, the facilities and, and bathrooms and roads are, are part of, what National Park Service will maintain and, and organize, but a lot of the t- a lot of the places where I spend time are are off kind of that main trail. And um, you know, I started doing trail work, doing uh, habitat work, and really pitching in because the outdoors meant a lot to me. Well, I started by saying that the outdoors are really important to some of us, but not necessarily something that all of us uses. But boy, this pandemic certainly has opened the eyes for those you know, inside dwellers to how important, you know, clean air, fresh air and a safe place and a safe haven to go and, you know, get outside and journey. And so I think it's certainly 
opened up. I mean, I know people that never hiked before, you know, through this pandemic, but you, you bring up a good point that I wanted to touch on and that, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, these state parks are all federally funded and, you know, this land is federally kept. And, you know, the guy with the funny hat that, you know, loves Smokey the Bear with the green suit is de- taking care of it all. And that's not really the case. I mean, we can talk about the Appalachian Trail, for example. You know what I mean? And parts of that, those are privately kept pieces, you know, of the trail and they're volunteers that are doing that. So can you just educate the listener a little bit more on really just just touch on that subject a little bit more on, you know, really leaning into the parks and and that it's not all federally funded, that it really does take volunteers to keep the outdoors safe and, and you know, traveled for uh, those patrons who love to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's a especially relevant right now um, with the influx of newcomers to the outdoors. Like you said, it's, it's, it's time for a lot of us to find that kind of mental stability, a place to breathe, maybe put down your, your devices, get in touch with yourself and in touch with nature. It's all connected, right? Yeah. We've just learned over the years and, and fortunately the great American outdoors act passed under this last administration, if you can believe it, but um, that is helping with a huge backlog that existed billions of dollars where, you know, parks were needing funding to, to repair and restore a lot of the infrastructure. Um, but as you mentioned, it's not all done by the government, right? So every park has a, a nonprofit partner that we collaborate with and we, we speak to and we say, you know, what's going on in your world? How, how can we support um, all the initiatives in your park? And how can we just emphasize some of the ongoing projects Uh, in in some parks? It's just pure influx of visitation. Some parks, it's it's habitat work that's, um, you know, ongoing. And some parks, it's it's with respect to wildlife and, and managing, you know, how humans are interacting with wildlife. So it's it's very interesting to learn that, you know, it's you don't just say national parks, all parks need the same thing. Uh, you got a park like Joshua Tree, which is uh, close to where our office is located in Los Angeles. Their their visitation is up like threefold over the past, you know, five, 10 years. But how are they going to receive all these people? You know, there's there's this huge influx of, of population. So for some parks, it's just sheer uh, support of of the inbound, uh, you know, guidance and visitor services and saying, okay, this is how you visit the park. You know, you're not going to want to trample over some areas and you want to, you know, stay within your own capabilities too. I think that's really important, right? Understanding what you can and can't do is do you want to try to tackle a peak or do you want to just kick back in the valley and and take a look at the, the beauty of the park? So there's a demand, right? There's a new demand and then there's a new education, right? It's not just you know, where to go and how to act. So I mentioned at the beginning that you're working with over 40 conservancies, right? So you're working with, um, you know, Yellowstone, Joshua Tree, you mentioned, Sequoia, right? So many different parks, but the needs may change within the park, right? It's wildlife, it's education, it's animals, it's replanting, right? It's trail upkeep. I mean, the list must just go on and on and on. And I'm educated and I know that I'm missing things. Right. And I mean, another important factor is you got to take, you know, the variable across the parks is one axis and the other axis, say the y-axis, this is over time, right? So you have, um, you know, global warming, is really impacting a lot of parks because they're the most extreme environments. If you're thinking, you know, desert parks, 
versus even, you know, Rockies or glacier parks. Um, it's all being affected and we're seeing, uh, you know, a variety of impacts. So um, like you say, the needs of parks will, will change across the landscape and also over time. Um, and I think one of the bigger projects that we're funding uh, is just youth programs and, and education because that pure engagement and involvement of the next generation of stewards is what's going to be the backfill for major change, right? And I think we're seeing that uh, in real time as we go right now. I love that. So you're getting in at the grassroots level with the kids. Yeah. And I know, I think, I think I read that one of your projects, I'm not sure if maybe it's with Sequoia, you're actually bringing rangers into the classroom, right? Teaching K through 12 students about forestry and how to treat the land and how to, you know, leave it undisturbed after you've been there. Talk a little bit about that, because why not educate all of us listening? Sure. I mean, I think it's it's really cool to see how um, some of these groups have pivoted, too, and they're doing um, they can't go into the classroom. There is no classroom. And we all see our kids are stuck on Zoom all day. But um, we're, we're trying to do more behind the scenes of uh, these projects, uh, which involve rangers out in the wild, you know, broadcasting and taking footage um, in the park and trying to bring, you know, parks into the digital classroom. Um, so everyone's having to, to make adjustments. But I think it's really important that that exposure and that programming continues. And, you know, as yes. our enterprise grows, so does our contribu- financial contribution because we give back with every product sold. So, um, you know, we can hopefully increase funding as we gain popularity and um, drive bigger impact through uh, our participation in these projects. I love that because, you know, I got to tell you, I was thinking about it since Smokey the Bear. We have not seen a national ad campaign for parks in this country. Am I wrong by saying that? Yeah, I mean, you may have noticed around 2016, there was a big campaign called Find Your Park. Um, it was it was much more, you know, a call to action mm-hmm. around, you know, discovery, exploring. Um, and that marked the centennial anniversary of the National Park Service. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to think we're, we're coming in here a bit. Uh, there, there's some, you know, fun energy around rebranding the parks in a different light and, and using fashion to connect with consumers who, you know, maybe a fan of the outdoors want to wear, represent the outdoors. It, it, you know, shows who they are and how they want to, you know, be affiliated with a brand and a brand is not only just like a designer, but a brand can be a a beautiful place that, you know, um, speaks volume about who you are. Right. So um, I think there's just, yeah, there's a lot coming here. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it. Okay. So let's go back to something that we share. And that is uh, a pretty robust background in fashion. And I remember when Tom's launched, I literally had one of those like, God, why didn't I do that moments? You know, and it, it, I was so impressed by him. I, when I had my own business in fashion, I leaned into Tom's immediately. I've actually uh, worked with the organization, um, doing charitable efforts together. It was, for those of you who don't know, for anybody who doesn't know what Tom's is, it was a one for one, I want to talk to you about, but initiative where, For every shoe you bought from Tom's, they would give a pair of shoes away. So it was a one-for-one initiative. And it was so wildly beautifully done from the beginning. The shoe itself had culture to it. Everybody could use and wear it. They were affordable. They've now expanded, obviously. But 
as one of its earliest employees, you were, as you mentioned, you know, just so inspired by that initiative as much as I was on the outside, not even being on the inside. So did you just go right to what you knew? Like when you thought about parks projects, you're like, I'm just going to do what I know. And so I'm going to start with fashion. And is that really how it started? Like staying within your own wheelbase? Because what started is just a t-shirt. Keith has grown into like grown into a huge, like, I'm going to call it a lifestyle initiative. I mean, you have not only apparel and fleeces, like from t-shirts, hats and books and games, right. For camping and getting people like used to the things you have candles. I mean, what don't you have now? And, and tell us how you got that started and how you went from one t-shirt and rolling it up into something that you really knew you wanted to be. Yeah, no, you, you touched on a few things that have really resonated um, over the years. And and the first one was how uh, beautiful Tom's was from a product standpoint that, um, you know, teenagers could dress it up and, you know, grandma could wear it too. And I had always loved a brand that was accessible to everyone and who wouldn't want to buy something that's giving back to someone who needed that same thing. So that was definitely uh, something that I wanted to recreate. How, how can you make, you know, a T-shirt that's going to be wearable for somebody to kind of dress up in it from a fashion sense? And then also just somebody who's just goes to the park and it's that common ground. In um, parks are very much the common ground. They're, they're for the people of the people. And it's there's something beautiful about that, of, of what it represents. And can you make a fashion brand that, takes that down and is as accessible for everyone. So love that. Um, but yes, completely started with finding a void in the market, you know, and we said, as we got to know parks better, as we got to know the landscape, as we got to know the retail uh, within parks, we saw two opportunities. And the first one was like, why isn't there anything that's just beautiful and, and awesome? It's more of like more of a joke t-shirt and a vintage play and, you know, some of that does come into some graphic in, uh, inspiration for us, but we thought we could just level up from uh, a product quality standpoint and, and a look and feel. And secondly, the distribution was was pretty much only within those park stores. Right. So we came in and we said, we're going to do e-commerce. We're going to take this to Nordstrom, Urban Outfitters, to REI. And um, we sort of looked at that distribution in a new way and it, and it provided a great opportunity when we put distribution product, and then purpose and mission yes. behind the brand. Uh, that trifecta really helped us, uh, you know, get a lot of groundswell and, and grassroots support. Hey, it's Heather. And you already know when you're in my heart, your health and wellness are my top priority. Wellness starts from the inside out and everything we put into our body should be done with purposeful intention. So let me introduce you to cloud water. Cloud water sparkling beverages are made with premium botanicals and all natural ingredients that were carefully selected to add balance to the stresses and strains of modern life. Cloudwater plus hemp contains 25 milligrams of sun-grown hemp extract sourced in the mountains of Colorado and available in four artisanal flavors, grapefruit, mint, and basil, blood orange and coconut, blackberry, lemon, and roseberry, and Aztec chocolate and strawberry. I can't pick my favorite. Cloudwater Plus Immunity contains only 20 calories and 5 grams of organic unrefined sugar, and it's fortified with 100% of your recommended daily intake of vitamin D3 and zinc. 
So taste the clouds and try some today at cloudwaterbrands.com. You get 10% off your first order. Now you can have your cake and drink it too. Go to cloudwaterbrands.com. Get it in ya. So going to someone like REI, who already is, you know, showing up at the table, hopefully a brand like that, um, but like a Nordstrom, were there, were there, you know, some difficulties getting into some of those traditional fashion retailers and how did you overcome that barrier? You know, I think we just, we stuck to what we believed in, mm-hmm. honestly, and um, things will come around. It's pure timing, right? It's, we were always going to own this niche. Um, and when, when the market swings in your direction, you're, you're there, you're well positioned, you own it. And, um, you know, it's, it, it came in quick. Uh, you know, I'm not saying all the logistics behind, you know, EDI compliance and shipping things were, were simple, but we got over that hump and, um, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to take over some, you know, the, entry tables that that had designer brands and handbags and it and it became a, a story about the outdoors and parks project um and conservation and i think we're all ready for that now and it's it's been a tough year and we, we look at the products we use differently we look at the brands we want to support differently and uh, there was a lot of talk about voting with your wallet years yes. ago yes and i feel like it's it's finally here and people want to know who's behind this company why do they exist you know, how are they making things and, and how does that relate to my life and my lifestyle decisions? Yeah. So, so you went for some, you know, not so much, you went for the low hanging fruit, but then you had to go for some overarching collaborations and partnerships. You guys have collaborated with incredible partners such as National Geographic and the Lumineers and the Girlfriend Collective, you know, so talk a little bit and now Nordstrom, which to me, I didn't even know about, which I love. So tell me a little bit about those collaborations and how easy were they? How difficult were they? And how important were they to you? Yeah, I think it, it it just speaks to the breadth of the brand. And, you know, we're talking about how do you relate to a, a wide spectrum of, of customer base? Um, and on one end, I'd like to say, you know, we, we collaborated with the Lumineers. We've done a collab with Obey. Um, last Earth Day, we did this cool uh, capsule with Obey and um, Shepherd Fairy Studio did the artwork and it was it was very streetwear. And then after that, we can swing over to the other side and do a collaboration with the Nature Conservancy or Sierra Club, which is very much, um, you know, you not, people don't look at, at fashion in, the, in that light. And these are nonprofits that have beautiful brands that have existed for a long time. So um, I think we really value a lot of partnerships. We're, we're a partnership-driven organization. We partner with nonprofits. We partner with parks. We partner with our retailers. And we partner with other brands. And, and it's more of a, a curating exercise and saying, what does this all look like together? And um, how can we be very eclectic and, and show up with different messaging at different times of the year. Um, and hopefully it's all just very relevant. I, I e our outdoor Afro collab that we just did in February to, to celebrate black history month. Yes. Um, you know, that sold out within um, two days. It was just gone off the shelf. So um, 
yeah, that, that relevance is uh, just hyper important right yeah. now. Hyper everything. And what I think is just so amazing about it, again, what started with one t-shirt and has turned into, you know, a plethora of project uh, pro- products and projects. So that's the other thing I want to make sure everyone understands park projects. It's not like they, you know, give the, the t-shirt and there's a, pro- a portion of the proceeds that gets donated, but you actually specify projects per park like we talked about because the needs differ around the country for what the pro- the park may need or the outdoor um, space may need so it's not just an overarching you know check that's being written but you guys are leaning into specific projects and you also roll up your sleeves and dig in and you get dirty which I mean I find nothing more rewarding than that yeah I mean it, we really try to um you know, if a customer comes back and says, how much are you giving back? And it, it's a great opportunity to open up their eyes and say, this isn't, it's not just a financial contribution. And you may be looking at us within the framework of brands that give back. And we don't just cut a check to a nationwide org- nationwide organization and leave it be. This is really complicated. How many partners we have, how many projects we have to unearth and we also highlight those projects to our customers in emails and on social. Um, and just equally as important is just advocacy and education and engagement. You know, it's, it's not just the financial contributions that's going to make impact. Right. We, we know that. So it's all tied back to the mission of the brand is that we can get people excited about parks, get them out exploring parks and get them engaged in supporting them. You know, being working kind of like they say, you know, smarter, not harder with you have all these projects. Like, I think what's so interesting to you guys is is like leaning in from the merchandising perspective, right? And that co-branding. So if you go to REI and you're like, what's your number one selling product in this store? And they say ice axes, let's just use for an example, or or sleeping bags Mm -hmm. is our number one product that we sell or outdoor shoes is probably the number one, if I really were to guess. Then you take the initiative to reach out to then you know, Sportivo or, or the shoe company, you know, and say, can we co-brand with you? Because we want to have a give back. And this company has hopefully, you know, the right idea to say, yes, we want to lean into that because you're an initiative that already exists. Oftentimes big companies. So any big company that's listening out there to start up your own initiative is sometimes another thing on your plate, right? You know, I, I hope everybody shows up with something, you know, some give back, but you are built in like just add water, you know, organization, which I think is just genius and wonderful. Yeah, uh, we've seen a, an incredible amount of inbound inquiries now where we put in the, the work to to create goodwill. And a lot of bigger companies are, are tapping into it and saying, hey, can, can we share that and feel good about what we do? And I think... The biggest, um, you know, ask out there is for for people to stick to what's very authentic and built into the fabric of that company. And not everybody has to do, um, you know, what we're doing in the outdoors. And it it may make more sense uh, from a from a brand positioning standpoint to, you know, just pick your passion and whatever that is, it, it makes more sense to the, the end customer. Yeah. Um, and it makes more sense for your brand. And oftentimes you see brands latching on to a give back and all of a sudden you have to educate the customer about what that organization is and how it you know relates to uh, that brand. So that's just very intrinsic yeah. to how we built this brand. Yeah. So 
Um, that's why I think it's become even more um, in the limelight in the past couple of years of, of brands wanting to do collabs, not only just on product, but on content and on, um, you know, celebrating national parks week or whatever it is. It's right on um, earth day, all these, you know, kind of milestone pillars that we have now. So for those of you out there that, you know, love parks or are starting to now appreciate the outdoors or leaning into these projects, even teachers who do plant a tree projects in your local cities and stuff like that, by making apparel choices through parks project, buying your candles, you know, through them, like this is easily a way that you can give back. So we, you know, honestly, Keith and his partners have taken out the guesswork. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's important that we give back. And so it's a wonderful organization that you can easily lean into that is welcoming collaborations and saying like, we want you to come to us as a resource. Is there any advice that you have for, for people that, that you might want to share? Yeah, that, that you pointed it out perfectly. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with customers and trying to see, like, what's your take on the brand? What's our take on, you know, your product? Why'd you buy it? Um, and oftentimes they're saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the national parks. I can't go deep on this. So I'm assuming you guys are doing some good things. And I, I want to buy from your company because I, I feel there's something good behind it. And there a thousand percent is. Um, and I mean, the, the complicated aspect of this is that in the past, we've tried to almost package up too much to give, give back to the customer and say, okay, here's 10 things you can do. We can volunteer, you know, you can, um, get educated. You can, you know, rock the vote. You can, and, and we maybe put too much back to the customer. like, Whoa, you know, I can't, I'm just looking for something light. Um, you know, I've got a pretty busy life right now. And, um, you know, I, I'll admit that uh, organizing volunteer days, I've, I've, I did it for the first three years and it's hard, you know, you, you get 30 RSVPs and 10 people show up on a Saturday and you're going, uh, sorry to the, you know, the park group who organizes, like, where's the 30 people? I got all the tools or I got all the plants that we're planning and you go, all right, well, we'll try to work three times as hard to do the work here. Right. Um, but uh, I, at the end of the day, I think it's, it's, it's to what you're speaking to here. And it's, it's where, where are you connected and how do you want to, um, you know, position that? And if it's hiking mountains and, you know, sponsoring education for those who are there with you, that's beautiful. Um, and if it's just all the parks, you want to support all the parks and the National Park Foundation is, is a great organization. Or if it's one park that means a lot to you, then, um, if, you know, you leave your heart in Yosemite, then you should probably strike a relationship with the Yosemite Conservancy. So I, the first bit of advice that I'd give to everyone is that it's, it's not kind of one size fits all. And, and so is life, you know, it's not just yeah. like black or white, there's so much gray area in between. So, um, you know, discovering what your relationship looks like with the outdoors and, and how that plays into your philanthropy or, or how you're supporting those parks is, um, yeah, unique to everyone. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. So, I mean, in short, you guys, like, you know, stay where your heart is and definitely give back and have some appreciation when you get into a park and the trails are clean and there's a place for you to dump your trash and all these things are there for you. You know, take a moment, take pause in that and then think to yourself, what can I do to give back? And so for people who are new to the outdoors, you know, um, we hear it like, for those people who scuba dive or snorkel, like they always say, you know, don't touch the coral reef and, you know, leave everything the way. And you've heard like, 
don't, you know, don't bring litter and don't, those are kind of basics, but is there anything that you can lend to our, our, my listeners about what we all can be doing to better protect and preserve our parks, you know, and, and explain the importance of it really. I think, um, human consumption is being revisited and and I, the the lens I'll take you through is just about how we visit parks you know and and what do you bring in and what are you leaving there and it's not just magic how things you know if you're bringing a 36 pack of water bottles into a park cuz you just need grab and go water think about that that's all going to end up in you know in probably landfill somewhere in around a park parks have to maintain all the all the waste that, yeah. that everybody brings in butane tanks and i mean it's that's a big operation right there so just be mindful of consumption um and understand that you, it's you want to be a little bit extra uh particular about going into the park and, and you know can you carpool can we take cars off the road do you want to take a bus do you want to take a bike um just to, to tour the park yeah. Um, and you know what when you're there you know how are you interacting with a, a very fragile ecosystem right. it's one of the more you know natural places where you have uh, you know a functioning ecosystem right so how are you interacting with the animals and are you staying on the on the trails um, I always thought a fun uh, little uh, tidbit here is the the rule of thumb and the rule of thumb involves how close you, you want to stay to wildlife. So when you put your arm out at full length, you hold up your thumb. And if the thumb covers the animal, that's about a safe distance. Right. So the bigger the animal, the further back you want to be. Um, the smaller the animal, the closer you can go. Um, so it's just when you when you come in, if you bring a lot of trash, bring a lot of food, spill it everywhere, you know, squirrels and bears are going to show up and they're going to start relying on you know, those visitors. And yeah. that's, that's not what we want. We want it to stay in a, a in a natural um, kind of state. And that's what makes them so beautiful. Hey guys, you can take it from me. Getting and staying healthy can be a challenge and falling back into bad habits over and over again can really take its toll. Eating healthy should be easy, affordable, and delicious. However, I recognize as a health coach that most people are confused, overwhelmed, and frustrated. It's one of the reasons why I co-founded Beyond Fresh. Beyond Fresh is a premium line of whole food powders and supplements delivered fresh from the farm to you. Working with organic and responsible farmers, we harvest all of our ingredients at the peak of ripeness, then flash dry them using advanced technologies to capture the complete whole food nutrition. Each of our high quality blends is virtually identical to the original fruits, vegetables, grasses, and superfoods we harvest from around the world, locking in all of the rich color, aroma, taste, and nutrients with nothing artificial ever. Let's get you off that diet roller coaster and get you on a sustainable wellness routine that helps you feel your best. From our delicious apple cider vinegar to our amazing shake, easy to mix powders, chews and gummies, it's fresher than fresh. And right now, for a limited time only, use the code TREATYOURSELF20 at checkout for a complimentary 20% off and always free shipping on orders over $50. Now's the perfect time for a fresh start with Beyond Fresh. Here's to your good health. Let's get your routine popping and cracking at beyondfresh.com. We're here for you. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. 
First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. My friend Patrick, I live in the, you know, I have a place in, in the mountains and there's a lot of wildlife on my acreage up here. And I love birds. And I noticed through the pandemic, like the enormous amount of birds that like new birds that I had never seen before up here, like this huge influx of birds. And Wow. Right. Because with the pandemic and everybody staying home, we really did see changes in our environments, whether it's, you know, globally um, or just locally. Um, Can you talk about a little bit of how we stay the course? Yeah, I mean, it's um, I think it it helps everyone reflect a bit on on human impact and what we're what we're doing how it um, affects wildlife for sure. And the noise we create, the cars we're driving, um, you know, being in Los Angeles and uh, living right at the base of the Santa Monica mountains and uh, the canyons right by some state park uh, areas, we, we actually saw, you know, a bobcat come down. We've never seen that, you know, there's mountain lions, bobcats, deer, there's, you know, surprisingly, right outside of LA, you have a very rich, thriving um, ecosystem right. up in the mountains. with New York City. So, yeah, and you know, you you leave it alone for a bit, and it kind of comes back and takes over. And it's, you know, has you thinking, what it, what if we did leave this alone for even longer? Would it would it really thrive and and um, kind of grow back? Right. right. So, I think it's it. If anything, it just provides some self reflection on, on how you visit these places. And, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to run around with an air horn. It's going to scare off all those birds who are migrating and coming through and just receive, you know, listen, watch. And there's something that's very healing in, in, in that. And um, just th- that self reflection in itself, I think, can help you as a, as a human being and also the greater natural environment too. I love all that you said. I mean, and remember, it's not the animal's fault. Like I, you know, in New York City, I don't really wear worry about, you know, the black bear, but up here in the Berkshires, I do. So my garbage is under lock and key. I am responsible because I know the bear's not going to be right. But I was saying yeah. my friend Patrick, when all these birds started to come for the first, I was like, I, oh my God, I want to get a bird feeder. And he's like, don't you dare let the birds eat their own. Like, don't do that. Like maybe in the winter. You know what I mean? If you wanted to put out a bird feeder, but don't do that in the summer. And it was like, I even know better. It was kind of like, aha, sometimes we just interfere, you know, with nature for our own, our own personal, you know, satisfaction, our own selfish needs. Right. Yeah. It's um, I mean, national parks and wild areas have been looked at as, as almost entertainment, right. For, for a long, long time. And it's, it's very, just, it's natural. Right. It's, it's not as much of come, you know, this isn't the 50s, 60s where we're going to feed the bears and put on a show for you. Um, it's this is a, a functioning ecosystem where everything's interconnected. So all you have to do is just just be and um, go visit. And, you know, if you can leave it better than you found it. 
What are some of the protections that we need to take outdoors? Like obviously Lyme disease is rampant and we have ticks and, you know, the sun is stronger than ever and UV protection and, you know, don't be silly and just decide to take a day out in the, the wild, right? Like let's, for some people, cause I want to encourage people to get outside. I really want to encourage the use and I want them to do it responsibly and I want them to be better for it. So as an expert in this field, is there any just kind of like layman tips that you can remind people of when they're outdoors? Yeah, I I kind of fall back on just the overarching know before you go and uh, proper planning, proper understanding of of where you're going, what you're doing, how much water you need. Do you you know, we got to avoid, you know, search and rescue if if people are trying to get out and snap a selfie on top of an iconic spot. It's, you know, you really want to just understand. yeah, exactly what you're getting into. Cause I think that's where a lot of resources get used up and um, things can be incredibly unnecessary when it, all it would have taken is a little bit more of uh, an understanding of, you know, how am I going to go accomplish this? And even if it's something as simple as going and picnicking in a valley versus, you know, you may be climbing to a peak. Uh, you just, you just have to understand what you're getting into, what you need to bring and um, how you avoid a mess, you know, yeah. sometimes adventures can turn into big messes and uh, you want to just be prepared. Yeah. So don't hike in flip flops, have socks on, have the right shoes, have a hat to protect yourself from the sun. There's a lot of homeopathic re- remedies out there. There's, um, you know, um, oils, essential oils and things that you can put on, even the foods that you eat sometimes you know, be careful of and make sure you have enough water. They are, it is the most wonderful thing to be outside and be selfless in it. Remember that, you know, it's not just for you, that it's bigger than us for sure. And, and I love that. And I I just really am so thrilled to have you on my podcast and meet you. I I just am enamored by your business. I love that you are inspired And, and, you know, and you even, Tom's does a great job and they are their model, but your model, like you added collaborations in, which were really important. That wasn't necessarily part of their branded model when they launched and you made it your own, you know, and I think it's just wonderful. So I definitely want people to know where they can go find your, your, your products and your brand. So tell us a little bit about that, but then tell us what's in store for parks projects. What's next, any new exciting collaborations or talk to us maybe about a, a threefold what was your favorite project and what would you like to do again like give it all to me one thing that that we've developed that helped us get through 2020 uh was just a a diverse portfolio of distribution and that came i.e from our previous conversation talking about how can the product reach more than one demographic and what more than can it catch uh the trendy kid who's shopping at Urban Outfitters. And then could it also live in the, the visitor center when you're in Joshua Tree? Um, and, you know, that, that's a different customer. So um, I think it's, it's, it's helped us build a, a more powerful D2C um, distribution channel, yeah. um, but also saying REI to Nordstrom and everything in between, free people, um, you know, it's, that's, uh, you know, the, the broad spectrum of reach that we have um, with this business. And, it, you know, we oftentimes talk about, it's like directionally, we're, we're Supreme meets Patagonia. You know, we do streetwear style drops and things sell out within the hours. And then we also <clears throat> kind of go along with projects and, 
and make something that's a, a little bit more, you know, roots outdoorsy. So um, I think what's what's exciting for me is really finding our, our groove with home goods. And you mentioned it with candles and we just don't know where the ceiling is with candles and how many to buy and uh, the complexities of, of supply chain right now are, are real. Yeah. But uh, the idea of bringing parks into your home is uh, such a cool one, you know? And, it, and if you have a memory of uh, going to Yosemite, you know, with your dad, for me, you know, a long time ago. And, and if you can light a candle and, and it brings you back a memory, like that's truly priceless. And I've always looked at our products being um, commemorative and being something that, that brings you back to, you know, maybe one of the, the best times of your life with a, a very, um, you know, treasured um, kind of friend or family. I just think that's so cool. So, um, you know, the, the more that we can, you know, like bring back memories for our customers, um, I think that's just I feel so good about that. I love that. I really do. I, I, you know, I mean, when I first came across your brand and heard about it, I mean, it really, when you can buy a candle for them, you know, why buy it somewhere else, so to speak. And when you, you know, add a memory to it or know that you're giving back to this great big world that we live in, I think that that is, you know, a hundred percent important. So um, outside of parks and, and wonderful things, and I do want to say like, from trail restoration, I know in Yellowstone to that outdoor uh, through Zoom, but you know education with Sequoia and like the Grand Tetons, right? It's wildlife conservation. So outside of all that stuff, what else is making you tick right now? What's, what what are you feeling good about? Is it a new mountain bike? Like what is it? Um, well, I've personally relocated for a, a little while and um, spending some time. Uh, on Kauai. And I think being here has me reflecting a lot about um, the use of, of land. And, and only when you're on an island, do you really see it's like, there's only a certain amount of space. There's only you know a certain amount of uh, inbound and outbound that you can, that you can take into a, a small ecosystem um, and how kind of forward thinking some things are here in terms of like the plastic bags don't exist because where are they all going to go into, into landfills? So, you know, I, th- I think one of the first shopping experience I had here is like, well, no, I don't need any bags. I don't want a plastic bag, but like plastic bags, who uses those? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed, <laughs> but it's, you know, we, are the, there's only a certain amount of land. There's only, um, you know, a certain amount of pollution that can, you know, be absorbed by living in a small place. It's contained and it's sustained. And a lot of the philosophies uh, here and, you know, in New Zealand, I think are spreading and people are understanding that uh, we only have a certain amount of land. We only have a certain amount of time on this land and how are we using it? Um, And I think that's been more of my study than, um, building the businesses is a challenge in itself, but also just looking past that at, at my my life and how I'm living and the footprint that I have. It's really simple. It really truly is. Um, the things like, you know, bringing your own shopping bags and things like, you know, shopping at the farmer's market. I mean, the things that, you know, are fringe need to become mainstream. 
You know, it's like I always talk about about farmer's market being fancy when that's actually the way we used to shop. You know, we didn't eat GMO foods. (laughs) We ate natural foods we got from the farmer. So I love all that. So what are your favorite things? Some of your favorite things that you're finding? Is there anything you can clue us into? Maybe there's even some books you can recommend for people to read. That's cool you bring it up because all of a sudden we we did start selling books. Um, You know, we, we dove into home goods part of last year's pivot and say, okay, um, you know, people aren't out and about shopping, buying things um, in national park stores, they're indoors, they're upgrading their, their workspace, having to work from home, they're uh, fixing their home because they're there every day. Um, but we did start selling books and we're looking into, you know, publishing books soon. And um, that's been a, a, a big unlock for us. And we, we, we now can't keep books in stock. And it's like, wow. Um, I think there's, there's just going to be a lot more um, business extensions that, that I'm looking at right now. And, and the, the mission of the brand can play out in a bunch of different ways. And it may not always involve products. It may involve, you know, we've, we've sampled national park trips with uh, some people, lucky winners. Um, and we bring you on, on a trip to a park to experience it and how we'd like you to uh, you know, best understand it and that it does involve some adventure. It does involve some bonding with people that you may not know that you're aligned with. It does involve learning about the Native American culture that was there before. Um, and it's, we've, we've kind of modeled out a really cool uh, way to visit parks and um, encouraging people to, yeah, if, if they don't join us, then, you know, consider that model in how you visit parks too. I love that. Well, um, you know, normally internationally on a flight somewhere to climb some great big peak. And so being that I'm not going to travel internationally this year for one of my big climbs, I'm focusing close at home. So maybe I can partner with you on the next climb. I'm going to be announcing some domestic trips really soon. I would love to partner with Parks Projects. Um, I want, I'm going to be shopping my t-shirts and my fleeces and my hoodies, and I'm going to be looking for books and candles. I'm so excited about it, but let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, we're uh, parksproject.us. We thought that extension was a fun way to, um, you know, further uh, just encourage that it, it's together. It's us. Uh, these, these are our parks. We should, you know, treat them uh, with the same respect that, that we receive them. And uh, yeah, our website's got a, a lot of different um recommendations on ways to visit parks and products that that may uh, fit into your life and in a special way too. Okay. I love that. And do you guys have an Instagram page? Is there a social page people can follow you at? Yeah. At parks project. We really look at our our social as sort of the the window into the brand and it's, it's a big means for education and, you know, the, the, one of the three kind of pillars of our business is being intentional. So with, with our social media, we're trying not to just, um, you know, splash a lot of beautiful park imagery, but you know, every, every photo carries a story. So we try to explain it and um, help, help you better uh, understand parks, you know, where they are and um, how they, how you can visit them. I love that. So at Parks Projects is their social. You got to go to parksprojects.us, right? So that you can find not only great home goods and apparel and candles and all kind of camping gear and all this stuff, but also tips and treasures and some books and things like that. I'm so excited mostly to ask you the final question. I don't think I've ever been more excited to ask someone this question than you. 
Keith, how do you find your freedoms? You know, they come in so many different shapes and, and sizes and forms for people, but what's freedom mean to you and, and how do you find your freedom? I, I find it through exploration. Uh, I, I really do. And, and I think freedom comes from, you know, stretching what, what you think is possible and uh, finding out not only more about, let's just say, you know, a mountain or a range or a, um, a place you didn't know, but it, it helps you find out more about yourself. Um, so that self-reflection and, and exploration is such a big deal. And I think that can, that can free up, um, you know, you're not only feeling freedom of like, wow, I made it here and this is a, a wild you know, mountain range and I'm, I'm seeing things that are new to me. But also, uh, you know, maybe it just helps you get rid of some of the baggage that you might have and, and say, that, that's so irrelevant for me. And, you know, you leave it on the trail or leave it wherever it was and, and start anew. Um, I think it's, it's um, a big deal right now with respect to, um, you know, mental health and also just getting everyone in parks. Diversity, equity, inclusion is, is a big deal for us. It's not only for one subset of of you know, our society and um, everyone should benefit from parks and get the, get the kind of health and stimulation from being them and getting that sense of freedom too. Yeah. I don't know if Keith said it better in vogue, but free your mind and the rest will follow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice one. I love it. That's just great. Well, I really, I'm absolutely going to be in touch. I'm a big fan. We're sure to be exploring together. I can guarantee that. I've got a great charity, No Barriers, that gives back, and we use all the outdoors. Um, I've been an ambassador for them for a long time, and it inspired a lot of the work that I do outdoors now. So I just see tons of collabs coming up. Anyway, I can lean in to your amazing cause. I want to do that. So you guys look at you know obstacles as opportunities. Be unselfish and be conscious about our earth and what we're taking from it and what we need to give back and free your mind and the rest will follow. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it, Heather. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure spending this time with you. Thank you. Keith Eshelman, you are in my heart. I am so, so happy to have you on my podcast and I thank you for all you do. Thanks so much for joining me. All right. Bye. See you soon. We'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.